It's another time for The Lady in Gold, the extraordinary tale of Gustav Klimt's masterpiece, Portrait of Adele Blockbar, by Anne-Marie O'Connor. And I just got back from a nice little three days away in the camping trip at Yosemite, and I was going to read from this book while I was there. I took it with me. But alas, there was just so much to see and so much other things to relax with, with looking at the stars under the sky at night. I just decided I would do it when I got home. Today's entry is called The Good Spirit. Fernand never lost the awe he had felt when he first set eyes on Adele, arrogant and self-assured, sweeping into the room in a long white dress as slim as a vase. Fernand still felt privileged to be married. Yes, I'm sitting here by my window with the cat in the window. Fernand still felt privileged to be married to this proud beauty who answered her distinguished guests and their strong opinions with raised eyebrows and her own strong convictions. Women from good families rarely smoked openly, but Adele did so unrepentantly. Repentantly. Fernand watched silently as a plume rose in a delicate spiral from Adele's cigarette holder, while she and Alma Mahler listened to the dashing young runner discuss the latest improvements in Vienna social services with Bertha Zuckerkandl. Not all of Adele's family approved of her flirtation with socialism, and she knew it. But she was adamant about the importance of keeping an open mind. Beware of criticizing things and conditions that you have no idea about or are unfamiliar to you. Beware of being disrespectful. You have to be thorough in everything, Adele admonished. With regards to others, you have to approach them with the greatest respect, also from within, Adele wrote in a letter to her nephew Robert, Teresa's deeply conservative youngest son. Fernand was powerless to deny his wife what pleased her. He shrugged when she openly told people she did not believe in a supreme being. There was no point in trying to tone down her frankness. Fernand was a forward-minded industrialist, but he was as impeccably conventional as his porcelain co collection. Without Adele, the Palais on S. Elizabeth Strauss would have, seen, would have been a silent museum. Klimt's painting of Adele captured Fernand's own feelings with such clarity it was as if Klimt knew Fernand's heart better than he knew it himself. As encrusted with golden mystery as a Byzantine mosaic, Klimt revealed Adele as a proud regal empress, with her chin held high and her eyes shining with the aspirations Fernandad saw when he first laid eyes on her. Anything was worth the treasure of that glance. Fernandad did not possess a photograph that captured it. It had proved fleeting, like the empire and so much else in life. Adele's eyes gave away little now. As Fernandad watched his wife across the room in a silk brocade chair, tossing off bon, 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 bon his slower wit, 
left him powerless to attempt. Adele wore her usual expression of opaque sophistication, self-possessed, subtle, inscrutable. She had grown into a very into the very incarnation of the elegant, elusive Viennese women, woman he had seen in the street, but never dreamed he would marry. The childless Adele had failed as a conventional woman. She would be written out of the family tree, a dead, ed, a dead end branch that failed to bear fruit. Adele had not distinguished distinguished herself in world affairs like Berta Zuckerkandl. She was not brave enough to face hostile resistance to women enter, entering a profession like Gertrude Bien. Unlike Alma, she wasn't courageous enough to roll the dice for love. Adele remained an unfinished woman. But like Serena Lederer and Klimt's other patrons, Adele had succeeded in being a woman of her times. She was a free thinker, a muse, a self-invented founder of the Vienna block bars, the handmaidens of artists, progressive thinkers in cultural creation. In her own way, Adele had pushed history forward as one who helped give birth to modernism in Vienna. Yet her air of self-importance suggested she longed to be more. Perhaps Adele was most fully realized in Klimt's majestic gold portrait. Adele set a new course now, but she did not complete the journey. At her Saturday salon, she spoke excitedly with public health pioneer Julius Tandler about the creation of a new society in the Soviet Union. Renner knew some of the Russian revolutionaries personally. Adele spoke of traveling with Renner to witness the Soviet experiment. This was the dream that illuminated Adele when, Ad when Alma dropped by with Werfel one wintry day in February of 1925. Alma and Werfel were headed to Jerusalem. Adele was excited about their trip. She pulled books off her library shelves and gave them to the couple to read on the journey. A few days later, Adele felt feverish, went to lie down, and slipped into a coma. Early the next morning, Adele was dead at the age of 43. Doctors debated the cause. Was it a tumor or a brain flu that settled on men meningitis? They settled on meningitis. Adele's maid quietly removed a packet of love letters from Renner to Adele from her nightstand. I'm still dazed at Adele Bloch's death, which I learned of here yesterday, Alma wrote the composer Anton von, von Werburn from Cairo. In the last days of my Viennese sojourn, she, shouldn't, she couldn't show me enough love, as if she had known. She gave us books, offered me hundreds of things, so that I was reminded of her during the whole trip. I have not yet used the sleeping bag for fear of spoiling it. Poor creature. She fainted and didn't wake up. Lucky. Terrible death. I would prefer to leave this world in a properly organized way. Her death completely unsettled me yesterday. Today the world is brighter again. Fernand was devastated. As sleet fell outside, he turned his wife's room into a shrine. He hung their Klimt paintings on the wall and set a photograph of Klimt, cuddling a black and white kitten on her bed table. 
He asked servants to ensure there were always fresh flowers in the room. He called it his Gedensing, Gedensimmer, his room of remembrance. Here he treat, retreated into mute mourning, gazing at the portrait of Adele, the teenage bride he had outlived, frozen in the golden instant when Vienna rivaled Paris. The little poetess who won who won Fernand's heart before she knew her own, the good spirit of his life, was now a ghost. And that's the end of the whole part one. Part two begins with the title of Love and Betrayal and Degenerate Art. And I will do that next time. Wow, I'm shocked that she's, that that was the piece today. I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for continuing to listen to the story of The Lady in Gold by Anne-Marie O'Connor.